Welcome to the Confessions of a Recovering Landlord podcast. I'm your host, Jan Gibbons, and I'm joined by Bob Gibbons, partners in business and love. Thank Barry White. The quiet storm. <laughs> this may have to be confessions of something this, else. This is commercial real estate. Focus. <laughs> okay. So you've signed a lease and moved in. Will you ever hear from your broker again? Crickets. What should you expect of your tenant rep after the lease is signed? Many years ago, when I was a landlord, I uh, had the situation where a tenant came into the building represented by one broker. And a year later, that same tenant expanded using a different broker. And I was curious about that because I was thinking, well, come on, the first broker surely would have been involved in the expansion only a year later. But I knew the second broker really well. And so I asked him about it and said, what happened to the first guy? And he said, and I've told this story on this podcast before, I've said, you know, he didn't pay attention. He didn't stay involved with the client. And he didn't even show up to the grand opening party, open house for that tenant. And I was just floored by that. I thought, isn't he staying in touch with his client? At the end of the lease uh, negotiation, when the lease finally gets signed, do they just walk away? He's a one and done. Apparently. A lot of brokers like to be transactional, not relational. I guess. So exactly what should a tenant expect from their broker after they've moved into their space? Well, that depends on the kind of broker it is. As you mentioned, uh, he's a one and done. He's what we would call a transactional broker. He's just there to get the transaction done and then not really do anything else. And, and there's a lot of those kind of brokers out there. And you know what? If If clients only want that, I guess that's up to them. Uh, general commercial brokers, uh, residential agents, they're just not set up to serve commercial tenants long term. They don't have the, t- the system set up to do that. Okay, what do you mean? Flesh that out for us. Well, in any industry, specialists have unique tools. Uh, so having the right tools makes all the difference. So the toolbox that I have in the garage doesn't adequately equip me to handle complex plumbing repairs or to fix the AC when it goes out. And it's just the toolbox. I kind of thought that was a general lack of knowledge on that subject. (laughs) Very funny, but also true. Knowledge is actually a tool. So real estate agents who don't specialize in in corporate real estate services don't have the systems in place to provide ongoing service to tenants throughout their lease terms. Okay, so exactly what should a tenant expect of a corporate real estate expert after they move on? Well, kind of like Riata Commercial Realty. Well, at a minimum, they should be a resource to answer questions that come about uh, in their lease term or that the landlord uh, or about the landlord-tenant relationship. Yada yada yada. Give us concrete examples of what that might include. Okay. And use terms we can understand. Well, I can't guarantee you that, but some of the issues that will come up are estoppels, which I'm not going to explain what that is right now. Um, Who's responsible for maintenance and repairs? Is the landlord charging the correct amounts? Uh, Subleasing questions, change in ownership of the tenant's company, uh, options to renew or or, uh, expand, 
signage, parking, taking more space. I mean, there's so many issues that could potentially come up that should be a, a part of this. Okay, you mentioned systems earlier and having the right tools. Does Riata have a special tool to handle all of this? Definitely. Uh, it's called the Riata Lease Track System, and it's a proprietary process where we help manage our clients' leases proactively. Um, this is actually something that you handle primarily. So I'm going to flip this on you, and I'm going to start asking you the questions for the change. Dum, da, dum, dum. <laughs> so give me a big picture of what the lease track system involves. There's five major areas we like to cover. We've got them cleverly named, just the facts, safety check, lease doctor on call, expense hawk, and market manager. Okay, so let's explore those one at a time. So you said the first one is called just the facts. Explain that. Okay. Whenever we get a lease signed and the tenant move in, we're usually dealing with a 30 to 60 to 90 page document. Ain't nobody got time to read that, but you still need to know what's in there. So we have a system called a lease brief, and it just takes all the high points and puts it in generally a one page document. Some of mine have bled over to two because they were very involved leases, but it tells expiration when the when the commencement begins that always shows the rent schedule it tells who's responsible for what expense it shows if you have an option to renew it just highlights like that so is it mainly sort of like the the Cliff most notes. important business <laughs> issues sure i mean you're not going to go into all the really detailed stuff no. that's legal language no. it's real well and also in there i show the section of the lease that refers to what i'm making very brief. So if someone had a question, they could go access the lease and read that. But more importantly, they can just call me and I'll walk yeah. them through it. Okay. So the next section was safety check. What what does that do? This is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a sick girl. <laughs> well, quarterly, I contact our clients. Generally an email, might be a phone call. They might call me. It's just kind of a check-in and make sure everything's going okay. But then I also tell them if anything's happening in the upcoming quarter, you've got a rent bump, you've got an option to renew, you've got an option to expand, you have must take space. Something is going to occur in that next quarter that they're gonna have to act on. And I'm there to tell them about it. So why do you call it a safety check? Well, cause honestly, who takes out a five, 10-year lease and goes, I'm going to diary all the important dates upcoming in my lease. Mm. No one. But that's what I do. Okay. I put it in my system and every time I review the lease, it shows, oh, so-and-so's got a rent bump. They're going from 5000 a month to 5500 a month. So they're not going to miss something. Absolutely. And I don't want it to floor them when they get the invoice from the landlord. It's like, that's not what I'm... Oh, that's right. Jan told me there'd be a rent bump. Right. Okay, so then the third aspect of the uh, lease track system is called lease doctor on call. So cute name, as you pointed out, but what does that mean? How does it help a client? Well, of course, you leave me with the heavy lifting here. <laughs> this is where we deal with client questions regarding many of the things you talked about earlier, like estoppels. Let's talk about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> does that require a cream or... <laughs> Two rounds of penicillin and it's all oh. gone. <laughs> Who's responsible for what? Can the landlord really do that? Subleasing. How company sales impact the lease? Parking, signage. Sounds like you're picking categories in Jeopardy. 
<laughs> with no Alex Trebek handy. All right. So then the next issue was Expense Hawk. Now, I'm guessing that has something to do with expenses. Nothing gets by you. That's why you're the broker in this company. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, in every lease, the tenant pays the expenses. Now, how it's broken out is different. If it's full service gross, if it's triple net, absolute, it's everything in between. So these are trued up at the end of the year. You usually pay them monthly. It varies from lease to lease. But usually at the end of the year, there's a true up time where the landlord will send out, oh, here's what you're going to be paying for next year. And oh, here's what the actual expenses were for last year. So we usually ask the client if they have any questions at all to email them over to us. We'll take a look. We'll verify them against the lease. There might have been a cap on expenses, uncontrollable expenses. There might have been a base year involved. What kind of expenses are we talking about here? Well, you're talking about your air condition, HVAC, air conditioning. You're talking about common area maintenance that you've discussed before in podcasts. Like what? Well. <laughs> this is a new podcast. Okay. Janitorial. <laughs> uh Anything that has to do with the common area, if you have security, if you're in a high-rise office building, if you have HVAC for that area, um, and to amenities that are open to all clients that are passed through, any expenses passed through. And it could be even property taxes, property oh, management, estate, insurance. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the number of those expenses are pretty uh, long. So the um, are, are the landlord's charges that they send to clients usually accurate? Actually, they usually are. I've caught very few mistakes. And generally when there is one, it's an oversight. They didn't pull up the base year correctly. So they, they didn't mean to. No, I know. I've never really seen maybe one, <laughs> <laughs> but usually they're all pretty good to work with. You're dealing with the property management firm. It usually doesn't get bumped up to the landlord unless you're talking thousands of dollars. Right. But Usually there's a mistake or they'll show me where I've made a mistake in my calculations. But it's just good to have because as soon as that gets nailed down, I file that in our client's folder. So next year when they send me, I can go, do you remember we talked about this? And they had passed this through at this rate and blah, blah, blah. Right. And it kind of refreshes the tenant's memory and it's easier to go on down the road. So when they do make a mistake, what are the most common mistakes you've seen them make? Usually that they didn't pull the base year correctly or that they didn't apply what we call a pro rata factor. You get charged for the common area maintenance according to how much square footage you have in the building. So if I rent a tenth of this building, I pay a tenth of the common area. So that is always stated in the lease, and I go back and I just refer to that. I also always have that in my lease brief, so I can just pull that up and reference it. I also have seen some situations where um, we get into a lot of trouble when the, the building sells. And yes. when the building sells, then the new owner may not get all the historical information from the prior owner, and that creates... Well, that's what the estoppel is all about. They're supposed to get a picture of it, at least. Well, actually, I disagree. The, the estoppel is not about that. The estoppel is simply a statement that says, these are the most important business terms of the lease, and the tenant is verifying them for the buyer or a lender to say, hey, yeah, I agree. These are the, the correct terms of my but lease. But it also tells if they have a deposit on file. It does give some historical yeah, but information. It doesn't, it doesn't have much to do with the, the actual expenses from year to year. No, no, I didn't mean to. But my, I guess my that. point is that whenever a new the building sells, the new owner, if they don't get the historical information on expenses, then they don't have the um, 
the data on which to reconcile the operating expenses. And we've actually year. asked them to go back to the prior property manager for the prior owner. Yeah. And if the property manager stays the same, it's so much better. But often the new owner is going to want to bring their own people and they have to go back and try to uncover all this. And if there was ever any mistakes in that prior one, it gets a little hairy. Well, and we had a problem um, last year where the, the new owner just did not get the information from the prior owner. And so that landlord just decided that they were going to um, just sort of say, all right, well, we're only going to reconcile a partial year. And so they took a partial year. I think they owned, owned it for like seven months. And um, and so they were just going to say, all right, we're going to just do it based on seven months. And And we didn't actually agree with the way they did it. And so. What do you do in a case like that? I mean, you you ultimately a lease doesn't really address that, right? I mean, you can't even though these leases are crazy long, they don't address every single possible well, they can't. contingency. Right. So in that case, we just have to negotiate something that seems reasonable and acceptable to both uh, both sides. So the last aspect of uh, lease track was called marketing manager. So what what is that? That's where we pull out our crystal ball again, because remember we can see into the future and tell our clients where the market is going, what landlords will be charging, what will become available on the market. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading from another script. (laughs) No, in truth, because we do have a lot of comps and a lot of statistics and databases that we can reference, we can see trends and we can project where we think those trends are going. So case in point, we had, what was it, two or three years ago, more like three or four now, the market in North Texas was really starting to peak. And one of our clients called us probably nine to 12 months out from the expiration of their lease and said, I have heard what my neighbors are starting to be charged on renewal. What are they going to do to me? Yeah. And so that was very easily handled because we keep up with that kind of thing. Yeah. And sometimes we've had clients that have called us up and just said, hey, we, we're doing a five-year plan. What should we show for the future? Or we're thinking about opening up a new location uh, what should that look like? You know, if we're going to put it in this market, in this city, whatever, you know, what is that going to look like? How much should I budget for various things? So there are lots of things like that that it might also involve. So obviously there's a lot that goes into the Riata lease track system. Uh, do other tenant rep companies offer something like this, do you think? The short answer is no, but I'm ready to start asking the questions. So you tell me. <laughs> well, um, some yes, some no. I would say, in general, the smaller the shop is, uh, the smaller the you know the tenant rep company is, and the more um, that special that, that tenant rep is not their specialty, the less likely they're to have something like this. Um, if they're a larger company, they typically will charge for something like this. They actually have whole departments for what they call lease administration, and so a lot of times lease administration is charged as a dollar amount per lease per month. And now it can include a lot of stuff that we don't include. Like uh, if the if the client has, the tenant has, let's say 500 locations, then all the landlords for all those locations may send their bills to the lease administrator who then verifies them and then actually pays them. And there's actually an account that they manage on behalf of the client for all their real estate. You know, that's way beyond what what we're doing. And, um, and it's probably way beyond what any of our clients would want done when they don't have 
a huge portfolio of leases like that. But for uh, clients that are managed by the owner that have, you know, one to 15 or 20 locations, you know, what we do is more than adequate and, uh, and they're very happy to have it. And most of our competitors don't do something that's quite the same. And again, not throwing shade on anyone else. There are a lot of really good brokerage houses that are transactional. Absolutely. That's the way they want it. That's the way their clients want it. And that is totally fine. That's not what we want. And that's not the client market we're going after. Lease track system helps us to create and maintain a relational aspect with our clients. And that's one of the major reasons we do it. Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything else that tenants should expect of their tenant reps during the term of the lease? Um, you know, I would say one of the most important things they should always expect is exclusivity. And, you know, what I mean by that is they, they need to know that their their representative, the, the fiduciary that's representing them in their real estate doesn't have any conflicts of interest. And I know I harp on conflicts of interest a lot and I will continue to do it. And uh, And so that's something that tenants should expect that they not only are going to be represented exclusively on an individual transaction, but on uh, for en- everything and that that tenant rep company only represents tenants and doesn't also represent landlords that creates probable conflicts of interest at some point. So kind of like the exclusivity I expect out of you as my husband. <laughs> wow. Is that where, no, okay. <laughs> I didn't know we That's a wrap there. on another episode <laughs> of the Confessions of a Recovering Landlord podcast. At Riata Commercial Realty, we exclusively serve companies that lease or purchase office space. You can find us at texastenantrep.com or give us a call, 972-667-0028. Once again, our website is texastenantrep.com. And if you would, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. That really would help other people find us. Thanks a lot. See you next week. Oh, thank you.